Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. So today's guest, she is a dancer from Las Vegas. And I really wanted to talk to Christian because I also was a dancer in Las Vegas from 2003 to 2006 or 7. I'm pretty sure 2007, like in the first half was the last time I was there. And I do remember like getting this sense that the the scene, the strip club scene in Vegas was definitely changing. And there were a lot of changes that like that I saw coming from the beginning, which have turned into larger problems now. And so it's it's really interesting talking to someone who's currently working in the Las Vegas strip clubs, who is seeing the after effects of the trends that I was noticing um, uh, back in like 2006 specifically. It's a vivid memory of that year um, where the the number of dancers on shift was just duplicating. And you're going to hear in the part of the podcast where we talk about that and how the money and the opportunity has been diluted over time, which was something that I really did see trending, which is why I left working in that city because it just Vegas being a stripper in Las Vegas is a whole different beast of being a stripper. There is so much going on in the room. Everyone's smoking inside. Everyone's drunk. Um, the music is blasting and it's in a, it's a well-oiled machine the way it works. And, um, you know, it can be incredibly draining to work in that town. And, and so the money making thousands and thousands of dollars back in the day, it was like worth putting up with how difficult it could be because you could make enough money to be able to give yourself the breaks that you needed. And what I started to notice is that the money just wasn't as good for the amount of bullshit that I was dealing with. Um, And so, yeah, that was ultimately why I left working in Vegas and kind of never looked back. And now the, the new things that are coming out about how they're not only classifying the dancers, but how they're <sighs> these licenses and these background checks just wait until you hear. It's incredible. And so th- thank you so much to our guest, you know, Christian, who came on and like gave us this info. And if you're listening and you're a stripper in Vegas, you have anything to add to this conversation, please, please feel free to write in um, because I, I would love to revisit this conversation again um, in the future. So if you have any thoughts or if you listen to it and you're like, actually, that's incorrect or actually, yeah, I felt this way too, or actually, yeah, I actually have more information on that, then please feel free to write in and share that with us at yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. But I'm just going to let you guys get right to it. We're just going to go over here and talk to Christian. And uh, I hope you enjoy every bit of it. See you on the other side. What's up, Christian? How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, we were talking on the phone, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And the mm-hmm. stories about Vegas are incredulous. And we just have to examine what's going on over there. Um, but before that, we want to know a little bit more about 
you? Where are you from? How long have you been stripping? What's your background? Fill us in. So I am from Oxnard, California. Beach girl, yes. And I actually started off uh, working with children, <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough. I went to school to be a preschool teacher, got my credentials for that, and actually spent four years working for the Boys and Girls Club in an after-school program, which I still love, but, you know, the pay is not great. You really yeah. don't make a lot of money working in teaching. Um, You'd really have to get your master's and go really, really far with education to get a good salary. And at the time, I, that just wasn't what I wanted to do. That wasn't my path to go that far in school. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously had a certain lifestyle that I wanted to live. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do things. So I up and moved to Las Vegas. And my first job was actually cocktailing in a strip club. So, of course, you know, that got me... Uh, experienced and and used to the environment which is something I had never experienced I knew nothing about strip clubs I knew nothing about like nightlife um, but you know I I was there I loved it I felt comfortable and then I started dancing and here we are <laughs> yeah amazing how long have you lived mm -hmm. in Vegas about six years six years yeah and how long have you been stripping mm -hmm. there then five okay I think so yeah. not that long after yeah yeah right within within the first year yeah think. so what was your perspective of the dancers from um you know as a cocktail waitress point of view so starting off I would say that I was one of those ignorant people that today myself would be like oh you there's so much information that you need to know. Like, how can you think this way? Like, I was just very ignorant. I didn't know anything about that world. I probably was, you know, judging and shaming and really just looking at those girls. Like, how can you do this? How can you take your clothes off? How can you, ew, you're dancing for that old man? That's gross. Like, I just had all this stereotypical thoughts and ideas because I didn't know. I was ignorant. I, if you're not in the industry, then you just don't know. You know, it's, it's like one of those things, if you know, you know. If you don't yes. know, you, you don't know. So I definitely, like, had to learn a lot. And it was a very, like, mind-blowing, culture shock yeah. type of experience. But, yeah. um, it's, you know, I mean, I'm... Yeah, what's ringing in my ears is um, how could you dance for that old man? And I'm thinking <laughs> about it because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That is probably a sentiment for a lot of people who don't understand mm -hmm. yep. sex work. How could you do that with so-and-so? Yeah. And I think that really, like, shows the, the character that we have as people, strippers and sex workers, that it's like, we, we're not judging you based on how you look and who you are. We judge whether we spend time with you based on how much money you give us. Right. So, you know, we, we really start to look at people as people and that they're all different. And we don't, and it's just, it's really hitting me right now because of what you said, you know. Mm -hmm. Because that's what outsiders 
think. I can't tell you how many times I've had customers ask me the same question. How do you do it? How do you dance for old men? How do you dance for a disgusting, smelly person or someone, you know, who has really bad BO or bad breath or dirty clothes? And I ask them the same exact question. Well, what do you do? You're an accountant, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you work at a retail store. How do you help your customers? Do you not help people when they smell? Do you not help yes. people when they have bad breath? No, you help everyone because everyone is a customer and you look at every customer the same and you do your job robotically like <laughs> in any job field, you know, yeah. you, your job becomes like reflex and robotic and it doesn't matter who or yeah. what a customer is. You look at them all the same, just like we do. But like you yeah. said, if, if people don't understand the stripping industry, then they just don't get it. They just look at it with this like very narrow, closed-minded perspective. Like, ew, that's so gross. I could never do that. Well, there's a lot more to it yeah. than people realize. Yeah, and I think that I feel similarly when I see images or things or videos of people in cubicles and fluorescent lighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ew, how can you do that? <laughs> right. How can you spend eight hours a day in a cubicle? No. Monday through Friday, no oh, free no. time. No. Mm -hmm. No. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that nugget. That was great. Yeah. Um, so which what um what clubs do have you worked at in Vegas? So I've worked at oh god, technically four yeah. different strip clubs um in Las Vegas. I don't want to get too specific with the names just no, because of, yeah, don't just because of the stories I'm going to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get that part. Good point. Good point. <laughs> you know, for legal purposes, I won't say their names. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I will, I'll just say this. I've worked at, uh, quote unquote, the number one clubs in the world. Yeah, the world. The world, quote unquote, in the world, they're the number one. That's what I will say. Gotcha. Okay. A self-proclaimed, I'm assuming. Is, yes. You know, according to Google and Yelp. You can just type that in yourself <laughs> with SEO. Like, <laughs> who, who awarded them that? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Who says you're number one? Because I didn't vote. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so like, it's like the census. Who actually, who, who wrote in? Who signed up? Who voted? Right. Who, Who's where, voting on that? Where are you getting these right. statistics? Yeah. So, okay. Before we get into like all the interesting things that the clubs are doing, something that I find extremely interesting is that, I mean, the economy in Las Vegas is so mm -hmm. wrapped up in sex work, Yep. but full yeah. service sex work is illegal in this county, in Clark County, which is where Vegas is. Um, and when the pandemic hit, specifically strippers and sex workers were left out of relief funds in mm -hmm. the state of Nevada, yep. correct? Can you help me correct. understand that? Okay. Yes. So at least I would say for the first month or two, probably the first two months of COVID, um, as a stripper, you could not get unemployment because you had to actually have a job to list that you are unemployed from to get the money. 
And technically we're independent contractors or self-employed. So because we are technically self-employed, we didn't qualify until the government opened up unemployment for all self-employed fields, which they did like two months into COVID. Right. So are you talking about the pandemic unemployment assistance or is this something different by your state that was separate? Um, For Nevada, I mean both unemployment and the COVID unemployment. So there was two that you can get because you can get regular unemployment and then there was the extra money, right, that the government was giving for COVID. And I didn't qualify for either of those until they until they opened it up for the self-employed. Okay, so they did open up to you eventually, because I remember seeing an article where it was basically like sex workers in Vegas, like aren't getting anything. And then also, technically, because in the city of Nevada, and for those listeners who don't know how the strip club industry works, it's different in every state. And in Nevada, and specifically Las Vegas, you have to get what's called a sheriff's card. Um, So basically, you get fingerprinted and they do background checks on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bullshit. Yep. Do they do that for any other yep. job that you have? No. No. Um, law enforcement no. jobs or other type military mm-hmm. shit like that, but not like a regular. Oh, and they do an FBI background check now. What? They made it more. They made it more serious. So now it's not just your sheriff card. Now you need an FBI background check. When did they start doing that? Uh, within the last couple years. Yeah. Right. Why is this necessary? Why do I need an FBI background check? I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. To show my breasts, I need an FBI background check? I I can't even. I'm sorry. I have to sit with that for like 48 hours before I even know what to say to that. Yes. It's it's new because I didn't need it before. And when I had to renew my background check, um, they let me know that it was going to be a longer process than it was the first time. It wasn't going to be like instantaneous. Okay, your background came back clear. It was going to take about a month for me to get the results because it had to go through uh, a federal bureau. So on top of that also, they make you get business licenses to operate as a Correct. business owner. Correct. LLC. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, and so, okay, so you're, I'm sorry, I'm so flabbergasted. You're getting an FBI background check, you're getting fingerprint background check, and you're paying to have a business. And any, anywhere in the fucking country, when you start a business, that you don't get those things. You don't get background checked. Any job, you don't get background checked like that. Why? Why is your local government doing this? Mm-mm. What is going on? Who's in power? How do we vote this out? Right. And how much? How right. Much exactly. How much of the business licenses? It's around two hundred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do believe. you get it renewed every two hundred something? I, so I actually do not have my business license because the last club I was working at, they don't require having a business license. Um, but I don't believe it needs to be renewed. Okay. I'm not sure. Honestly. So not every club. Yeah, I I believe so. But not every club requires it, but I mean, honestly, I'm not sure who it even benefits. I'm not sure if the license benefits me or if it would benefit the club, but most clubs obviously are only for themselves. 
So I would assume anything that they're doing, you know, is for their own personal prerogative. But I know that with the business license, like, let's say I, I kicked a customer in the head by, you know, by mistake or accident, you know, I kicked him in the head with my shoe. It's beneficial for me to have the business license because if that customer wants to sue me for kicking him in the head, he sues my company, my LLC, not me personally as a person. So in that sense, it does benefit me. But I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons, it obviously, doesn't. why the club it, wants me to get it. It's, it's not for my benefit. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things. First of all, it's the government that you're paying the business license to, right? That's that's who gets that money. Yeah. yeah. So they right. make so much money. So the government is benefiting off of the employers misclassifying you. And the employers benefit. Yep by you paying the government to work and now they don't have to pay you. And also if you were classified properly as an employee and you kick somebody in the head, you cannot get sued. You, you know, you know what I mean? Like there are, well, here's the thing. You can get sued, but there are protections in place, you know? Um, Right. And like, exactly, exactly. And the club, you know, like they don't want to be liable. Right. Like, let's say I'm a waitress and I have a really, really hot bowl of soup and I accidentally spill it on a customer and I give them a third degree burn or something or hot water for tea. That sounds more plausible. Hot soup that hot doesn't, that doesn't yeah. sound very, very hot water. I accidentally spill right. it on them. Um, that waitress doesn't need to purchase a business license in order to be protected from an mm-hmm. accident like that, you know? So what right. I'm revealing here is a motherfucking racket that the entire system is running on all of us. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. They basically just want to fuck. It's another way they want to fuck strippers over and they don't want to be held responsible for anything. I mean, honestly, I feel like I could die. I feel like a customer could literally kill me, could rape me and kill me, and the club would not be liable. No. They would not be responsible in any way whatsoever because I signed my life away in my first contract when I got hired five years ago. Mm-hmm. So they take no responsibility for me whatsoever. No, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the sad truth that people don't know. Right, right. My favorite is when they're like, are you, are you happy here? Are they treating you well? That, 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 we do get asked that. That's, we do every now and then we do get asked that. Let's see. It's like, well, how much motherfucking time do you have? You know, do you want me to tell you right. the complex situation of how much I love this job slash how much I hate the people that are running the show? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. How much time you got? Yeah. Totally. Read my memoir. Um, so something interesting that you and I talked about, um, and, and, you know, stop me if I say it and you're like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Cause I want to make sure you're comfortable. But the fact that at uh, one or two clubs in Vegas, they did in fact switch from freelancer, independent contractor to employee and were, were paying yep. employee checks for a short period of time. Can you elaborate Correct. on that? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there was a lawsuit, right, which was about the fact that the strippers were misclassified, right? Because we're independent contractors. 
Mm-hmm. Um, technically, I don't know all the terminology, but I don't even really think we're self-employed. Like there's so many legal terms, but at this one club, technically we're shareholders because supposedly we all own some of the stock of the company. How do you own um, it? Where's the um, I have, you own it? Right. I have no idea. Supposedly, I think I... Ownership? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. You've never <laughs> seen an email. You've never seen a spreadsheet. I had received a couple checks of my uh, dividends. Okay. Um, but they were like, I don't know, like $20 or $50. How often did you get that? Like I got maybe two checks in the last five years. Wow. Oh, <laughs> right. Congratulations. So, <laughs> right. Yay. But so because of that, right, we don't get any of the benefits of being employees, but yet they treat us like we're employees. You know, they tell you how many hours to work. They tell you when to come to work. They tell you how many hours you have to stay there. Um, There have been days where I feel sick at work. I have nausea. I feel like I have to throw up or I have a headache, whatever. And I'll tell one of the managers or even the owner of the club that I want to go home and they'll tell me, no, you can't go home. You haven't worked your six hours yet. One time the owner actually told me to my face, you know what, go in the back, go in the locker room and take a nap and see how you feel and come back out. And if you don't feel good in an hour or two, then come back and see me and and maybe I'll let you go. What? If I'm a stockholder, technically I'm an owner and I'm an independent contractor. You are not my boss. You cannot tell me that I cannot go home and I feel sick. If I feel sick, I should go home. I mean, that is the parameters of being an independent contractor. But if you tell that person, no, F you, I'm actually leaving. Then he's like, Oh, well, good luck getting on the schedule. And then you have no power and then you lose your job. Correct. Correct. They could have fired me. So, and of course, if the owner is telling me, no, you can't leave yet. You haven't worked your six hours. Well, I'm, I'm not going to take that chance and risk my job and leave. So this is why a bunch of girls got together and sued and they won and because of that, the club switched over all of the dancers to employees and all the girls were getting paychecks. And the club had a meeting with all the girls telling them how great it's going to be. And this is beneficial to you. And you need to do this, sign this paper and switch from an independent contractor to an employee. So all the girls did it. Then the club owners, I'm sure, found the loophole of how to make everybody go back to independent contractors because, of course, the club does not want to pay us by the hour, and they definitely do not want to lose their house fee from every girl. So they had another meeting with all the girls and basically coerced all of them to sign off their employee rights and go back to being independent contractors. And any girls who did not sign away their employment status and go back to being independent contractor, they were threatened, they were harassed, and they were coerced um, either by, you know, we're going to put you on day shift or, well, you're an employee now, so we can make you a janitor, we can make you a cook. If you don't sign this and go back to being an independent contractor, we're going to change your schedule so they did say that, like, we'll, we'll make you a cook or a janitor? Yes, to one of my friends, they did. They threatened her. But, like, because she wanted to remain an employee, and they're like, so if you remain as an employee, you have to take whatever role we give you? Basically. Okay, so that's not real. <laughs> that is not real. <laughs> they're just not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that's what clubs do. The clubs coerce, blackmail, harass, abuse, and push the dancers around 
like we are disposable pawns on their little Monopoly board game. I know. I've been there. I've worked there. Mm -hmm. I know plenty about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember like things would happen like in front of my face, like the most egregious comments and things would happen. Right. And my response would be like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) because it was just, this is happening. So flirked up what was happening that I would just be like, I will process this later. No, definitely. My mind has been blown so much over the last five years. I feel yeah. like now I've gotten to the point where I'm so desensitized yeah. and, and so used to all the bullshit that there's like nothing that would surprise me. Like I said, I feel like I could go to work and die. And I mean, that wouldn't surprise me if someone just like a customer choked me out at work and no, oh, well that happened oh, like that. That's how like severe our D like, sensitization is to things that like mm-hmm. you know things that in any other field at a restaurant at a library at a grocery store would never fly if you did this to one of their workers right but it's like you know strippers are so dehumanized yeah that it's like the things that are happening to us is like nobody thinks it's bad nobody's like <gasps> appalled that this happened to a stripper you know that that kind of stuff is not on the news yeah because they just don't we're just they don't care like about the rate in which we're harmed it's just it's so unfortunate what you're saying is so true and it's, it's like our reality is that like yeah like we get killed and like nobody cares that much right because <laughs> we're so Right. Because we're so dehumanized. And I think that's one issue that I really want to like spread to the world is for people to understand, like, I'm human. I'm a sister. I'm a teacher. I went to school. You know, like we need to humanize strippers because I feel like that's where it comes like that ignorance and that dehumanization is what makes it so easy for people to treat us like shit. Just like and this is a really extreme example. Okay. Well, like with, with slavery, for example, they dehumanized these people, right? So that they could excuse treating them like shit. Like with the Holocaust, they dehumanized the Jews so they could treat them like shit and kill them and murder them and all of that. So, and I feel like that's what society is doing to strippers. They're dehumanizing us. Oh, you're a whore, you're yeah. a drug addict, you are whatever. And then it makes yeah. it okay to, to treat me badly. But yeah. if you were to look at me as an equal and a human being and a teacher and a sister and a mother and uh, everything else that I am as a human, then, you know, I don't think it would be so easy to, to treat me that way. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I agree with everything you're saying, but unfortunately it's not just strippers. It's like sex workers in general are being um, dehumanized and like, and lately, and I don't want, you know, we won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but with celebrities online also like very loudly dehumanizing us to a younger Mm -hmm. generation. Um, Right. You know, that, so the, 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 my, my whole thing is the younger, the young people need to be taught. We need to teach the children and we need to talk to children about sex at a much younger age, BTW, sex and drugs, by the way, PSA, PSA announcement (laughs) about sex and drugs early. Um, But if we teach the children and they're such a woke generation right now. All right. They know everything. They are so incredibly smart and intelligent. And if we teach them 
then they're because I'm I literally am watching young people teach adults. I watched it last night. A friend came right. over and she was on the phone with her aunt and we had a, a strip show on in the background in the backyard and the young person was telling her aunt this is what it is they're they're expressing themselves they're making their own choices with oh, their wow. teaching her older aunt because her aunt was like no like what that's not why are you doing that and then she was explaining and the aunt was like wow. learning mm-hmm. you know right that's what I'm talking right they're about. a they're a liberal generation yeah, and we need to get to them. They're the ones that are going to help us. And there's so many of them, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's Right, definitely, definitely. <laughs> a lot of people. Um, so, 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 okay, so they switched you back. Um, they're, they're practicing wage theft. What are your, what's an average house fee in, um, in Vegas right now? $100 if you dance on stage, $90, $100. Um, about 150 if you don't want to dance on stage. Okay. And then, so it's $100 dance on stage plus a mandatory $20 tip out to DJ. Roughly correct. And then that does not include tipping security if you are one of those girls who chooses to or um, has the ability to work with security or management where basically they monopolize customers and will not let any other girls talk to the customers and they will give their girls, you know, the first go. And if you get them to go private or do anything, then you owe security or whoever put you on 20%. They're, uh, they're corporatized pimps. Right. And this is, I feel like this is illegal. You're not supposed to. (laughs) Right. Because we're all independent contractors. We're all supposed to have equal rights and opportunity to the customers. You are not supposed to monopolize customers. And that's what they're doing. They're holding customers (laughs) hostages for the girls that are going to give them. And when I say them, I mean security and management. They're holding customers hostage and giving them to the girls that will give them their 20%. And they're taking opportunity away from the rest of us, even though we all paid the same house fee. I paid just as much to be here as those girls, but because they're tipping security 20%, the security is letting them have those customers and telling me, no, 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 hey, you can't talk to this guy. He doesn't want girls right now. Back up. No, no, you can't talk to him. Back up. Oh, Tiffany, Carrie, Selena, come on. Come talk to this guy. That's literally what they're doing, correct? Correct. Yeah. I literally, one time I had a security guard try to actually pull me away from a customer I was already getting money from. I was sitting with him. He was giving me money. Security calls me and like tells me to come here. So I go talk to him. He's like, hey, they don't want you anymore. Um, You need to leave their table. They don't want you at their table. I'm like, what? I'm sitting with him and he's giving me money. What do you mean he doesn't want me at his table? I went back and told the customer because I'm not the type to quietly just be pushed around. I'm I'm going to speak my piece. So I went back and asked the customer to his face. And he's like, what are you talking about? I never said I didn't want you. Like, who said that? What's going on? And it turned into a little situation with a security guard. And thank God the customer stuck up for me. And I stayed at that table. But had I just listened to that security guard, he would have cost me my money and kicked me out of my work, out of a profitable situation for me because he was trying to kick me out so he could put one of his girls in. Right. And that happens all the time. Yeah, it's so corrupt. 
it's so corrupt yeah. and there's nobody holding anybody accountable and there's nobody on your right. side and there's nobody even really listening right to what you're dealing with right no human resources no department for me no no and so you know i worked in the same city that you work in now um back in <clears throat> i worked from 2003 till about 2007 maybe was like my last stint and um I saw the things happening there and it's funny how it did progress very quickly in the couple of years, in the few years that I was there, mm -hmm. I watched the corruption and the twistedness of what we're talking about now start to happen. And I remember being like, I am not sticking around for this. And it was right My around when I stopped working in Vegas around 2007 it was right around where not as many dancers were going back and forth anymore. It was just a hand. Yeah. There was a period of time where like we were out there and we would run into each other and we were out there like every weekend driving back and forth and flying back and forth right. every week. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what happened, man, but I remember there were specific yeah. things that I can remember where I'm like, I'm not sticking around for this. Right. No, I, I hear stories. I hear stories all the time about how great and how easy Vegas used to be yeah, exactly. compared to what it is now. Not to say that we can't make great money. I really believe in my heart. There's nowhere like Vegas. I would never want to work anywhere but Vegas because people come to Vegas on vacation with the intention to spend their money. Where else yeah. in the world do people really go mm. on a regular basis with the intention to spend their money, to gamble, to throw it away, to party? You know, so this is the place to do it. But I do hear all the time from so many girls who've been in the industry for like 10 years how, you know, five, six years ago before I started that it was so much easier and you didn't really have to like use your sales skills and hustle as much as you do now. That back in the day, men would just be coming in every night like, Hey, here's a thousand dollars because you're pretty. Hey, here's a thousand dollars. Come to dinner with me tomorrow. Hey, yes, here's a thousand dollars. Will you go with me to the pool tomorrow and have a lunch? Like yeah. girls tell these stories all the time, how it was so easy, how men were literally just throwing money away like it was monopoly money. And, you know, compared to now where we can still make that kind of money, but it's very, very hard and draining and you really have to have sales skills and like psychological skills and you really have to like finesse the customers to get that money like yeah and i think i know i think i can pinpoint when at this one particular club i worked at <laughs> which anybody who knows me knows what club i'm talking about um <laughs> there was a shift where i was that when i first started working there there were 200 dancers on shift Mm -hmm. like, that's a lot that's a lot and then like a, a year later there was 300 and i was like that's even more that's a lot that's a lot and then a year later and it was 400 and i was like Bye. yep Bye. yep because they got so greedy by having more dancers on shift and now there's more dancers on the floor and now there's a lot right. of opportunity which is then right for you less opportunity and also i'd like to mention right i just thought of the other day here's another reason why you're making less money because inflation is a thing and the cost of everything in our lives has gone up rent bills food, right everything but what has not gone up 
is the rate in which we get paid for lap dances and VIP. Correct. That's twenty dollars. It's been it's been twenty dollars since the nineties. Or four hundred for an hour in the champagne room, or two hundred for a half hour. It that those prices don't change, and what does change are ways that they raise the house fee. That changes. Correct. It's raised over time. Correct. So spending more money outside and inside of work, and your the value of the dollar is now much lower. And that's been, that's about 20 years. It's about 20 years old, the value of the dollar at this point, at least based on my right. small amount of research. Because I've been right. for, I started dancing about 20 years ago, and it's been the same since then, so maybe even longer. Right, exactly. And what should, you know, like you said, considering inflation, what should a lap dance cost today? Because it shouldn't cost the same thing it cost 20 years ago. Right. To get a lap dance. That would be like, could you imagine if gas prices never changed? (laughs) I'd be going everywhere. It'd be still 75 cents a gallon. So what I think another reason is for me, what I believe a huge reason is for you know, the money going down for the girls in the strip club industry is the internet and social media. For me, I fully believe, you know, there are so many avenues nowadays for a man to get attention from a woman. There's Backpage, there's all the dating apps, there's Craigslist. There are so many ways via the internet for a man to find a woman, to get a woman to hang out or talk to him, pay attention to him, whatever. So why is he going to come to the strip club in person and pay for me just to give him a lap dance when he has all these outlets for way cheaper via the internet. I've heard this argument. I've heard this argument. And I, I only believe this argument has a small amount of merit. And here's why. Because okay. there's nothing that matches in-person experiences. And the thing with Craigslist, that doesn't exist anymore. That went out the window with FOSTA SESTA. It's been eliminated. So, but actually that is only, that's still new. So that's not right. been in development for several years. So yes, I guess that could still technically play a factor in what you're saying. Um, I think that it's not got, I think that it contributes, but I don't think it's the full part of the problem one of the problems that I see too is the club stopped advertising because of social media. And so it's right. not social media. It's that the clubs were like, Oh, our dancers now do social media and we don't need to do pay as much advertising because they also had social media and they also had free right. models. Right. So they stopped spending money on advertising and right. only use social media therefore they're making more money and us making less money anything that has gone wrong in the industry or that's not working i see it as a direct result of the people that are running those establishments correct correct they're all greedy they're all for their own self-interest not for the interest of the dancers which to me is just mind-boggling because we are the entertainment we are the reason there are customers if there were no women if there were no dancers there would be no customers there would be no club so how can you not treat these women like stars like the main attraction right. that they are right you know we they are the main attraction we are the stars you should treat us as such instead yeah. they treat us like 
we're replaceable. Like we don't matter. Like we're pawns. Like we're just janitors who I can find it. I can hire somebody else tomorrow. You're not important. Like, no. Well, it's up to us queen to make a difference. People like you and me and plenty of other amazing people out there listening to these conversations. There's only so much we can complain about. It's time Mm -hmm. big action Right. And to unite and to start having these conversations. Yes. Unionize. Yeah. We can't put up with this any longer. I have watched the the deterioration of this industry over the last two decades. If it gets Mm -hmm. any worse, it's going to get really weird. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It can't get worse. Right. Uh, right. If, unless it just disappears altogether or, no, and that, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just, happen. right. We need our party. We need our tits and ass in our face. We need to be able to go somewhere and have a beautiful woman twerk and clap her butt cheeks in front of us. Yes. We cannot lose this. No. Yeah. But those women obviously need to be treated right. We need respect. We need to be safe. We need to feel like, I can go to work and I can put my tits in your face and I can clap my ass and nothing bad is going to happen to me when I do that. Yeah. Well said. I'm not asking so much. No. (laughs) I just want to safely, I just want to safely clap my ass. I hear that. And someday (laughs) you will. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. Okay. So stripper tip. I feel like in my years, I have met a lot of people, my friends, and this doesn't just apply to the strip club industry that are shy or, you know, afraid to like approach people. And this applies to like everything in life, you know, sales jobs, retail jobs, you know, whatever, you know, I feel like approaching people and talking to people and networking is a really important part of just life in general to go far in life. You need to have those skills. So what I always recommend to my friends at work, and this applies to everyone, is, you know, obviously you need to just be confident, be comfortable in yourself. But I would say with approaching people, I usually go with saying something funny. Say something funny, say something stupid, say something surprising. I feel like the best way to break the ice and to approach new people is to just make them laugh. Yeah. And, you know, say something different like, I don't know, for work, for example, at the club, instead of, you know, every guy you meet, hi, do you want a lap dance? Hi, do you want a lap dance? Hi, do you want a lap dance? The way that I approach guys is always different every single time. Like, hey, why do you look so mad? Or, hey, there's something in your teeth. Did anybody tell you that? (laughs) Hey, did anyone tell you that you have a booger right now? (laughs) Or I'll even just tell them a joke. And in my experience, I have gotten so many more yeses by having like a funny, you know, different approach as opposed to like, you know, something, yeah, something, uh, what's that word? Generic. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, if you came at anybody with that smile, I mean, <laughs> come on. <sighs> Please. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. What's something you really, you have to really pretend to be interested in, but you really don't give an actual fuck about it? Um, people, 
<laughs> I would say at, I would say at work customers. I mean, you know, people don't think about it, but really our job, we're like psychiatrists and counselors most of the time. Yeah. So I really genuinely have to care about, you know, people's feelings and their lives and their marriage and their work and their career and their schooling and all of their problems. And I have to seem genuinely interested in all of these things if I want to get money out of that customer. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Perfect. You're at your best friend's wedding and they get cold feet. Do you try to calm them down? Do you create a distraction so they can sneak away? Or do you drive the getaway vehicle? I mean, I would say all of the above. I would go off her vibe. Whatever she wants to do, I'm just here to support you and have your back. I'm, I'm not going to try to lead you in any direction whatsoever. You tell me what you want to do and I'm, I'm with it. Good answer. Stocks in bed? Yes or no? In the winter, when it's cold, yeah. Yeah, I resonate <laughs> with that. I resonate with that. If there's one quality every human could possess in equal amounts, what would you want that to be? To be loving. Mm. If everyone in the planet loved each other, you know, it'd be such a great planet. Yeah, I love all your answers. <laughs> Thank you. I agree with that 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. So can you tell our audience how they can find out more about you and learn more and follow you? Um, yes. So I am on Instagram. I'm not very active on it. Um, but you can find me Illa Cavilla on Instagram. Uh, I L L A K A V I L L A. Illa Cavilla. Cute. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me and, and updating us on what's happening in Vegas. That FBI background check was definitely a bomb drop. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that information. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. All right, guys, make sure you tune in every Wednesday. Don't forget to do all the things. Bye. Hey, guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a stripper podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a stripper podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a stripper pod. Yes, a stripper podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to Yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.